Hello listener, welcome to the pod. It's beginning to look like an Indian summer, isn't it? After weeks of tepid, drizzly fare, the sun has come to the party in September. And it seems to be shining on Virat Kohli's men as we approach the final test of the English season. Headingley gave us hope, but the series went south from there as India capitalised in the capital to go 2-1 up and move a step closer to a famous win. England still have one last shot at squaring the series and averting the spectre of twin test defeats for the summer, something they have not experienced at home since 1986. To discuss whether Joe Root can pull a rabbit out of the hat in Manchester, I'm joined by two senior members of the ESPN Crick Info Magic Circle, UK editor Andrew Miller and correspondent George DeBell. Uh, hello, gents. Hope, you, hope you've been reading up on escapology. Um, <laughs> we'll start, though, with a, with a bit of time travel. Miller, for the second Headingley test running, uh, you were on holiday for a rousing England win. Um, perhaps that's a secret. But from, from your vantage point now, did this look more miracle or mirage? Well, I mean, on that note, it was it was actually really quite enjoyable to be able to sit back and, and watch a match on the sly, obviously on Sky Go without anyone noticing me doing it. But uh, yeah, quite nice to be able to kick back and actually enjoy a performance without having to think about writing about it. So that, 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 was, that was good fun. But yeah, it, I was gobsmacked that... I was gobsmacked that England looked like winning at Lords first and foremost, and then lost, and that felt like justice because, frankly, they should have lost the first test as well, even though you will never know what happened there. And then they're suddenly one-one when, frankly, it looked like it should be three-nil to to India on the balance of play. Um, I was baffled, and it, it just it just goes with um, everything that England have been doing in the last few years. Basically, they've been relying on miracles. They got one massive miracle. At uh, Headingley in 2019, obviously with with Ben Stokes's incredible innings, uh, they've been leaning on miracle men in in route six hundreds when barely anyone gets past twenty in for the rest of the batting order. Uh, they're relying on the fact that miracle man James Anderson is into his fortieth year and bowling better than ever. Um, and they ran out of miracles because they came up against Jaspreet Bumrah in this last test, who just produced a performance that could have been, you know, could have been carbon copies right out of 1992 and Waka Yunus hurtling in Yorkers and uh, reverse swinging it when, frankly, he, he made it look such a such a mesmeric art that it was almost as though England had never seen it before. It was like, wow, where did that come from? It was a clear blue sky, there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. This is a flat pitch, we're cooking here. And then suddenly, oh, oh, whoops, we've lost. Um <laughs> Business as usual. So uh, to get back to your original point, absolute mirage. I thought it was a complete fluke that England were even in with a in with a fighting chance in this series. If they somehow managed to do what they did in 2019 and grind their way to a 2-2 and salvage some dignity out of the series, then I think India will will be kicking themselves as much as Australia have been kicking themselves. Um, they have been, I think, significantly the better side. That said... Joe Root has been the outstanding batsman and that really is what it's come down to. It's been individuals on one hand, a team on the other and the team, frankly, are on the ascendancy at the moment. Yep, still plenty of uh, gloomy clouds on the horizon despite the improving weather. Um, George, I think I'm right in saying that you signed off your last uh, switch appearance by predicting the end of the 18-county professional system. Um, Has your mood brightened any since then? No. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no I, I i think i was on um well i definitely was i'm not senile um i was on uh cms uh, at lunchtime on the last test when you know all results were still possible 
and you know there was a sense of excitement about you know the afternoon <laughs> and i said then that i still thought it was going to be three one uh you know uh, india i mean i completely agree with what miller said there india are the better side they just are mm-hmm. uh, uh and actually uh, i'm a little bit surprised that um it's only two one yeah uh, but that's not to say that there aren't you know it's not to say that miracles can't happen we know that they can and it's uh, at, at Leeds, for example, India were put in in circumstances where batting was very difficult and the, and the game was basically defined by the first session. So things like that can happen again, but actually I expect the pitch to turn. I would think that Ashwin would come back into the side and, you know, in those conditions, you would expect India to be much stronger. But actually, even if they aren't, even if, the, sorry, even if the conditions aren't spin-friendly, I think uh, India's top order have shown England's top order how to bat. In English conditions, I think Rohit and Rahul have just been better. And uh, and actually, India's seam attack, uh, which might be refreshed again, I suppose, with a couple of them having had a test off, is equally probably better, fitter, younger. Uh, I, I, I fear that uh, ultimately you can't escape the fact that India are just the better side. Yes, we do seem to be running up against that fact uh, repeatedly. Um, For those who haven't been following closely, it's probably fair to say England's Ashes preparations aren't going that well. Um, Things actually haven't changed a great deal since we spoke after the Lord's Test. India is still ahead, still look the better team. Uh, England are still hugely over-reliant on roots runs uh, and don't really know their best 11. Uh, They did manage to win a test for the first time since February, uh, which is something. Uh, And it was a pretty impressive performance. But that that result um, is beginning to look very much like an outlier. Um, Miller, India had a shocker to be bowled out for 78 uh, in that um, third test. (laughs) Virat Kohli perhaps just surprised at winning the toss and uh, having to make a decision. But um, it it didn't look too good for them at the Oval where they were inserted and slipped to 127 for seven. Um, Then came the first of several turning points, if, if you can have several turning points in the same test. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, Shonal Thacker's 50. I thought he was very unlucky not to be named as uh, as player of the match. For all that Rohit Sharma's century was magnificent and much like everything that Rohit Sharma has done this year has been magnificent until the moment it hasn't been. This was, you know, this was an occasion when he went went past a gorgeous 30 and produced a gorgeous century and, and really transcended the conditions. But um, it's fascinating, though, isn't it? The, 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 the difference between these two teams when the conditions are flat. And it's it's not a new issue for England. Uh, just looking at England's record, particularly in London, actually. I mean, London is, you know, got Lords, which has this ridiculously drainage-friendly pitch that basically sucks all moisture out of the out of the surface and therefore has basically killed it, except when there's overheads, as we, well, we saw in 2018, didn't we? The, 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 the skies barely cleared all tests long and in, England routed India on that occasion. When the sky, skies are clear, as they were in this test and uh, at the key moments, London, Lords and the Oval have not been a happy hunting ground. I think back to the, the 2015 Ashes, um, England nominally won that 3-2, but they got absolutely beasted in their two tests in London when, when it was flat. They were lost by 405 runs at Lords and innings and plenty at the Oval. 2016, Pakistan come over, same same scenario. They get beaten at Lords and the Oval. Uh, they, they, they lost to... Australia, you know, they, 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 they lose to everyone, frankly, when the conditions are in are not favourable for swing bowling. Uh, 
And that's really, a, it's a massive concern going into this winter again. I mean, George wrote about this test that, you know, the the, the sameness of England's right-arm seamers and the absence of Joffre Archer, the absence of Mark Wood, and the absence of express pace or even mystery spin. You know, I'd like to see Matt Parkinson given a, given a debut up at Old Trafford just, just to see what could happen with a, with a bit of with a bit of variation, there is a sameness about it. So yes, you do you you can point to the fact that in India were bowled out for seventy eight, and it looked as though there was a potential for parity. But yeah, you you got to this test and a similar scenario happens. But then it quickly became clear that you know once that morning mist had disappeared and the the pitch was leveling out a little bit, and Shardul Thacker was under thwack through the line in in, in quite majestic fashion. One one nine one was suddenly was suddenly a fighting total, and and England England lost that game frankly by failing to realise that the conditions were easing sufficiently for them to just play sensibly and 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 turn a a slender lead into a massive lead just by 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 getting getting in line and, and nudging it around instead of you know Moeen Ali planting his dog and hooning it into the covers for a massive horrible wipe. Um, it was it was naive cricket from England. They felt as though they had to be in a rush. To get into the into the ascendancy, when you know the the old school virtues of batting well on flat wickets, which ultimately this 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 pitch was, uh, demanded that they just use the time that they bought in that that morning session. You know they they were they were days ahead of the game thanks to getting those seven early wickets. So there was no reason to rush. Uh, but by rushing, um, they ended up in a position where they where where they were rushed out of the game uh, uh, in in an in, indignant hurry on that final day. Yes, it was uh, uh, um, Shuttle Thacker's 31 ball 50, the fastest test half century in England. Um, A a Botham-esque performance from India's uh, all-rounder who was back in the side uh, having having missed a couple of tests. Um, England's sort of... um, one man army, uh, Joe Root, in this occasion, didn't manage to pass 50. Um, And George, I mean, he... He sort of included himself in his post-match um, summation of where England went wrong. Uh, they were 62 for five in their first innings, um, but recovered to 290, although that that felt below par, given that they had a um, couple of good partnerships between Ollie Pope and Johnny Besto, Ollie Pope and Moeen Ali. Uh, at 222 for six, it felt like they should get to 350, um, but but they didn't. Yeah, uh, so I'm a bit torn here because it seems uh, slightly unfair to criticise the lower order because you could equally say, Ollie Robinson played a rubbish shot, but he, he did come in at 10. Um, mm. But he did. He had Chris Wokes at the other end. He should have played for Chris Wokes. Instead, he took a sort of a bit of a slog across the line, didn't he? But should we be criticising the lower order, such as Robinson and Moeen, when the top order failed? I don't know. It felt as if conditions eased substantially. Uh, and, you know, those guys, they can bat, and everyone has to contribute in every way they can. Um, but, it, you know, it just has to be acknowledged that, you know, we're blowing, uh, blaming the bowlers, really, for not scoring enough runs there. Uh, obviously, they're both all-rounders, but you know what I mean. Um mm. Look, there were several turning points. You know, we haven't mentioned the catching yet. It keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't at this day say it's one of those things. England have just about the worst split catching record in world cricket at the moment. Uh, I feel bad for Rory Burns. He doesn't field a second flip. He's been asked to take on a specialist role in a test. 
Uh, you know, what do you expect? You see, there's one of the things that I find puzzling. There's all this talk and hubris, to be honest, about the data and everything that uh, the selection team, the scouts know and learn. Well, how do you end up with a guy at second slip who's never done it before in a test? Well, that's, that's amateurish, isn't it? <laughs> so, what is it? I mean, genuinely, isn't that? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I think we've discussed before, haven't we, whether they, they consider, you know, specialist slip uh, fielders. Well, I don't think they do. We, know, we now know that they don't, don't we? So, mm. so should they? I mean, I think they probably should. Mm. So, uh, and that's very difficult. And, and who that brings into the equation, I don't know. It might be Adam Lyde. But they're consistently being let down by their catching. And if that keeps happening and you don't do anything about it, well, what are you doing? What's the management for if it doesn't? I, I do think that, I, I, as it happens, I think the management are very nice people with a very difficult job. And it's sort of uh, uh, blaming the, you know, uh, the boiler man on the Titanic for, for everything going wrong. Because, you know, Chris Hillwood, for example, he doesn't have... Um, have any say really over the schedule of English cricket or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't know that he's making the tough choices that need to be made. It was pretty obvious, you know, the stats about James Anderson, for example, are patently obvious that he is struggling to back up first in his performances. And I know that Crip is saying that's not the case, but I think his bowling average in the first innings of the last 15 or 16 tests is 17, and his bowling average in the second innings is 61. Well, that's not a small sample size, is it? That's, that's two years of test cricket, mostly. So they have to look at why that's happening. And it's not entirely his fault. It's partly because he has to bowl too many overs. It's partly because the batters don't give him enough of a breather between the first innings. And that's a lot to do with the fact he's 39 and still carrying <laughs> the attack. But it, the difference, really, because it, it is quite a simple game, is uh, largely that India hit the pitch harder. <laughs> you know, that is a lot of the game. If, you can, if you're quicker and stronger you can get more out of the surfaces. But that, that was the difference between the sides of the last Ashes Tour, wasn't it? Australia's bowlers hit the pitch harder. It's not rocket mm. science. Uh, England got nothing out of it. And, uh, you know, there, there was the reverse swing issue as well. But, you know, Boomer was magnificent, but he is almost 10% quicker than anything that England had in that game. So uh, you have to look at all these things. Uh, and then you have to look at what your options are. And the, the real worry for England is there aren't a lot of options to make things better right now. And that, that's the, the point that Miller made there about, you know, you look at England's Ashes preparations, you know, six months ago, you're looking at um, Joffre, Wood, Stone and Stokes. Being, that, that, that could have been an attack in a test. And now there's every chance that, um, well, I don't know, Mark Wood's just about still playing, isn't he? he, he I think he <laughs> missed out on that test because of fitness, but only because he couldn't throw. Uh, so he's fit and I expect he'll play in Manchester but you know the, the, the plans are unraveling pretty fast yeah yeah and, and on that subject of um, familiar sites with England struggling in in conditions that don't give help for the seamers um, Miller Moeen Ali has returned to the test side um, he's done one or two good things he's been made the vice captain um, and I think he, he, today Joe Root has backed him again as the number one spinner which is interesting because he wasn't in the squad for the first test of the summer um, or the series rather, but the, the, the familiar issues with what he is good at and, and what he is less good at um, came back uh, to the fore on the fourth day. Uh, I, I think 
I think that's what I'm saying. Uh, the, the, India's second innings, when they they obviously amassed 460. Uh, Rohit Sharma yeah, got that 100, as, as you mentioned, the first overseas 100. Um, helped a little bit along the way with it by a couple of drops um, in the cordon. Um, but yeah, Joe Root had to keep going back to Anderson, Robinson and Wokes in particular. Um, however hard they were able to hit the pitch, they, they all bowled sort of uh, in excess of 30 overs because, because Moeen couldn't provide that control. I think Nasser Hussain wrote a column, he certainly spoke on Sky about the uh, how little the spin spinners were bowled, and I suppose you include Root in that as well, um, given he eventually took a wicket. But Moeen, two for 118 from 26 overs, um, and yet he is going to go into this fifth test as as the number one spinner uh jack leach is back in the squad but again that that when you if you were to bring him back into the side it involves changing the balance and, and affecting um what the team uh, can produce elsewhere but the, the <laughs> we're, we're coming back to the same sort of questions with no fresh answers aren't we aren't we just i mean go back to the original premise what is he good at um he's very good at getting getting rid of virat kohli i mean that 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 is is that is his 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 one thing i think is six times he's now got him only nathan lyon i think has got him more times in test cricket and you know given given that moeen is a an intermittent appearance appearer for england in test cricket at the moment i mean that, that's that's no mean scalp to have um but yes, I mean there he is. He's going at what four point five and over, and uh, I think it was it was worse than that at some at some stage of his of his spell. It's not good enough as a holding bowler. He didn't bowl at all in the first innings. I mean, obviously, it wasn't necessarily needed to bowl, but equally, you know, when Shardul Thacker's teeing off, they didn't even consider him as a, as an option to try and you know lure him into. A, a, a miscued hoik because I, I guess they probably feared he's going to uh, give him a few too many drag downs and it's just lumped into the stands for six instead of four. So, um, you know, you, you do wonder whether England are, uh, have have the right attitude towards their spin. Um, we saw this again in in India in Ahmedabad. You know, there uh, well Chennai actually was Moeen's last test, wasn't it? But Ahmedabad was the test where where England were basically unable to provide the control to go with a massive turn. I mean, you know, you got Jadeja back in the side now, but out there it was Axel Patel and, uh, and Ashwin who were just darting it into the rough and getting it on the spot every single time. Uh, that's something that Moeen just can't do. He'll occasionally will bowl a magic ball and get rid of get rid of a big batsman, but equally he'll bowl drag downs and get lumped into the gaps and milked to death and all the rest of it. On the flip side, I thought, you know, Jadeja, well, I thought he looked fascinatingly nervous initially in that final final innings almost as you know the absence of Ashwin and the the pressure to perform in the fourth innings I mean even for a guy like him he looked like he was feeling it he was bowling a lot of half trackers a lot of full bangers but then suddenly somewhere along the line he clicked and just realized all I need to do is just nail that rough hit that saucepan of of rough outside the leg stump and more importantly you know while I'm there I'm creating the the the, the reverse swing for the other end, you know that that lovely patch of rubbish was really good for roughing up the ball, and, and you know they were able to able to manipulate it, make one side heavier, and suddenly it starts hooping. He's playing as a as part of a a team performance for India at that other, and I come back to that word team. Everyone, everything about what India has done in this series has been team orientated. They, 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 they've not had the standout performers like England have had. Well, Root essentially, and Anderson in 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 places, and Wokes was a standout performer in in this test. Um, but you know they've they've relied on you know here's Thacker with his two fifties and and a handful of useful wickets and he's not even man of the match you know it, that's the sort of uh, that's the sort of performance that they put in across the board. Um, 
they can afford to have guys who just just mesh into the into the collective in the way that Jadeja did in that spell in the in the final innings and allowing Bumrah to you know roar in with two de- two decisive wickets. But actually, you know, looking at the stats there. Look at the the final analysis. I mean, why well, he's two for twenty seven. You got a, a three for sixty, a two for fifty, a two for twenty two elsewhere. I mean, you, you wouldn't know from looking purely at the numbers of that innings who was the outstanding bowler. Mm. And that just goes to show um, what a collective team performance they're putting in. Um, whereas if you go scroll up the the stats and just look at where England went wrong, and it's very difficult to avoid getting drawn into Moeen Ali's analysis of twenty six overs, no maidens. Uh, 218 at an average of an economy rate of 4.5. I mean, that by any standards in, 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 the, in the second innings of a test match for a spinner is not good enough, um, particularly when you're going in as, as, as a lone spinner. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to jump in and defend him just a little. Although, although I agree with everything you just said, and actually uh, people have been in touch to say I've been too harsh on him, uh, just to put it in perspective. You know, at the same time, he has been asked to come into this series having not bowled. Mm. You know, he's bowling white ball yeah. cricket. Uh, it is different. Um, he, he would say that his action isn't quite right. You know, we maybe haven't given him the best chance to to show himself to, to his full ability. Having said that, I don't want to make too many excuses for him. I, I can sort of understand the bowling, but the, 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 the shot with which he was out, <laughs> actually in both innings, were very disappointing. The first innings he was out because he didn't trust his defence, I think. Uh, when he there was 12 overs or something to go to the new ball, he just had to milk it. He just had to, even if he just pushed singles and played for the guy at the other end, that would have been absolutely fine. It would have been mature cricket from a, a very experienced man who's, what, 33 or something now, uh, vice-captain of the side. Come on, think. You're, you're a bright man. Think. And the second innings, he showed why he didn't trust his defensive technique. <laughs> Because he didn't defend. I, 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 and no one was surprised when it happened. So it was really, really disappointing. So in terms of the bowling, I'm cutting in some slack. In terms of the batting, you know, he's averaging 28 in Test cricket, for goodness sake. That's a massive, massive underachievement for his ability. Equally, he's taken almost 200 Test wickets. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised that uh, Joe Root confirmed that he was number one spinner going into the final Test. I, I mean, I'm sort of mm. pleased because I think he'll have grown for the performance. And I do think that his best balls are better than any other English spinner's best balls. But it's not just about how many times we said this it's not just about what you do it's about what you don't do and uh, what he can't do is not bowl some rubbish sadly he'd be very very hard to captain wouldn't he you've got to have two guys out on the square boundaries for him which means it's so simple to to nick singles so at one stage i think it was jadeja nicked six from when he just turned off his legs onto the edge of the square yeah it was straight to mid on basically so he was turning for a second he was going to get two whatever and the throw was so wild that it went for four overthrows. And you've got a tiny little turn off the legs, which to any other spinner is nothing because you can have a close fielder. And you can't because you need the two guys out. So that's very, very difficult. And, and to some extent, I'm going to go back to what I said before about him. Why try and change me now? He's not going to be the guy that you could ever massively rely on. He will infuriate and delight in equal measure. Yeah, and I suppose part of the attraction is that, you know, you put him in the side, you think, well, you're strengthening the batting and the bowling. But um, as you say, a, a test average of 28 uh, and a, a useful 30 down at number seven um, and the, the, the familiar familiar issues with being the lead spinner. Um, 
don't necessarily contribute to the whole a great deal. Well, well um, and also you've got to you've got to think about who else is available, and uh, there's a reason mm. why you know what they obviously don't fancy Leach, do they? I mean, they clearly don't. You know, Root, <laughs> he's, Root he's, played yeah, ahead of him. He's been on the outer summer. for the whole summer, isn't he? And yeah. I think they thought that Root was a better spinner. So I, I you know, I, I they don't think Leach gets enough on it. They don't think he turns it enough. Mm. Uh, and I don't think they think he's the guy for Australia. And um, I don't know. Leach has never let England down, has he? Oh, I mean, he had a very poor Old Trafford test in the. Oh, yeah, that that no ball was. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, well, no, it was a shocker. <laughs> I'm not but, over it. Not, but, but, but that we, moment, we depart, won't blame it. But <laughs> well, you know, you can absolutely blame it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but that moment apart, he's you know he's never let England down and. Um, you know, he's, he, he probably can justifiably uh, feel a bit aggrieved. I think there's a fair chance he will play. I think there's a fair chance they'll play two spinners this week. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. We, we will get into, I think, uh, some of those selection discussions um, and, and look at some of the things that have gone a bit better for England over the last couple of tests. Uh, I, I mean, we have, we have touched a little bit on uh, Bumra uh, and, and that spell. Uh, six, six overs, two, two for six, I think it was. Um, Miller I, and the, the Wacker overtones were there. Osman uh, Samiuddin wrote a great piece about it uh, on the site. The, the, the sense was that, um, well, I mean, England could possibly pull off this um, record run chase. Uh, only only a few more runs than they than, than they managed at Headingley uh, a couple of summers ago. Uh, they hundred for none. And then, and then you know, th- things began to shift. The sands began to move. Uh, the, the wobble appeared, but still, two down at lunch. You thought, well, if if they do have to shut up shop here, if it becomes too distant the prospect, then they should be fine on this surface. We've been saying for the last couple of days, it's flat as a pancake, um, and it's going to be hard work to take wickets. And then suddenly, they lost four in four in about four overs, and that was that was that. But it it was. Bumrah at the heart of it. Yeah, Bumrah was ma- absolutely magnificent. I mean, I, I, obviously, I was, I was on board with all for this one, and so um, there, were, there were always questions coming in about, you know, is it reversing? Will will we see reverse <laughs> playing a part? Who's who's going to be the hero? Bloody blah, blah. And at one stage, I, I think I responded, well, I just can't see where reverse is coming from. I haven't seen any evidence of it in the first um, first three days of the test, and admittedly. The match had started under cloud, and so there was more moisture retained in the surface in those early days. And then suddenly the the, the heaven the heavens cleared a bit, and so the, you know the the moisture's burning off, and so it's it's just drier by those final days. But equally, it wasn't obvious. It wasn't it wasn't like an old Trafford reverse pitch where you know the, the everything's abrasive, everything you touch just basically sandpapers the ball. Uh, it didn't feel like that sort of scenario, and so it was very hard to see where it was going to come from until. And I mentioned already that that spell into the rubbish from from Jadeja, and suddenly you just got that sense that oh, they're, 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 this is starting to go. There's, that ball is really starting to to, to to dust up, and and you can see that the see the, the seamers are you know operating from one end, going 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 in and again and again and again, and just a little bit of deviation, and then as you say out out of, out of nowhere that that spell after lunch. Those two deliveries in particular, well, three actually, it was the the York to Joe Root that, that Root managed to dig out, which was a bewilderingly good batting given given the, given what we'd seen previously. But you know, the, the Ollie Pope, you know, he played played for that angle in and played for that angle in and angle in and angle in. The ball was basically hounding his stumps every single ball. He knew it was coming. He knew that every single one was going to be bending in 
towards his stumps. He's going to be forced to make a decision, play it, play it, play it. And then suddenly one bends a bit too much and he's inside edging it. I mean, what can you do? If, if, the, if there's that, that sort of relentless line attacking your stumps permanently at pace as well with swing, that you are going to make an error at some stage if it's that sort of that scale of an examination. Well, it was definitely good bowling. I mean, it def- unquestionably was. But I did think that Ollie Pope dismissal was disappointing. Uh, you're right. I guess Just bowled you get... by a straight one, wasn't he? Well, <laughs> well, you could have reversed Park to Caravan through the gate he left. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, and I thought he did overbalance the wee bit. So I do. I guess bat- batter error is always a factor, isn't it? Nearly every dismissal. Equally, Johnny Besto, I mean, Yorkers are always made to look brilliant when they bowl someone. He's bowled a lot. (laughs) And he doesn't score a lot of runs. And it's been quite a long time. What is it? Three (laughs) years since he's got a century, averaging something like 22 in that period. That's not not top order batter. Those aren't stats of a top order batter. And he's been bowled, as we know, a lot. So I I thought there were uh, a few concerning dismissals as well. I mean, all these things, it's a, a balance between good bowling and, and flimsy batting. You know, every dismissal you ever want to talk about is probably a mixture of those two things. But uh, I think you have to be pretty disappointed as a batting side to be bowled out as quickly as they were on that wicket because I know that they bowled well, test, test bowlers will, but it did look absolutely dead less than 24 hours previously. And they got a fraction of reverse. I mean, you've got to expect good bowlers to, you know, get the ball moving laterally. I, I thought there was some flimsy batting. That's that's my point, basically. Uh, well, yes, I, I don't think we'll argue with that either. Um, uh, from from the uh, apparent comfort of, of, of uh, two down at lunch and, and dreaming uh, of victory, they were eight down at tea and uh, certainly heading for defeat. Um to, to just sort of cast a, a slightly uh, wider lens on um, on the last couple of uh, tests, there, there has been, I think, Miller, it's fair to say, a, a qualified success with the top order rejig. Um, you, you obviously, Dom Sibley has been dropped. Um, the the new opening pair, Burns and Hamid, they they put on uh, a century stand at Headingley after that uh, after that 78 all out um and uh, you know f- from there England were, were, were coasting um they did it again in in the second innings at the oval that's um the first time that England's opening pair and England opening pair put on um more than one century stand in uh, well in eight years uh, and I'll um, uh, I'm sure one of you will be able to jump in and, and name the last uh, uh, England opening pair that uh, managed that more than once. Um, Cook and Compton, I reckon. It was Cook and Compton. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, that <laughs> that's definitely something. Uh, David Milan uh, made a, a, an encouraging com- comeback at Headingley as well with, with 70. Perhaps a little bit unfortunate to, to be run out on the final day at the Oval. Um, so there is something there. And, and with Joe at number four, the, the top order lo- looks a little bit more uh, coherent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree on... I mean, I, I must admit, David Milan at number three just looks reassuring. I like I, I like his calmness. I mean, his calmness driving up the wall in T20s. Um, but that very same bloody-mindedness that says, you know what, I don't mind blocking out uh, the first nine balls for two runs because I will catch up later. I admire that bloody-mindedness, even if I think just get a bloody move on in T20s. But in, in Test cricket... Go for your life, block, block, and just be in line and be be composed and do the right things as often as you want. And take you know, 
take all the time in the world. I don't care. And so, yes, you're right. Being run out was inopportune. Um, I think he could have probably made made more of an effort to to a back up and b run and run in his bat. To be perfectly honest, I mean it no, wasn't as if Hamid was struggling at the other end after after calling it through. So you know he can. It's all very well turning around and blaming blaming the the young pup for being over eager, but I think he was he was on his on his heels. Um, okay, that that's that that's that's splitting hairs. I I agree with your premise that he looks solid, but I mean it's 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 fascinating, isn't it? I mean. I was I was pondering this the other day, just because it it is interesting that it's ten years almost almost to the month. I mean, it, it, similar similar time of year uh, when England beats India at the Oval uh, for four nil to go to number one in the rankings. Ten years has elapsed since England's crowning moment, and that ten years in turn came almost exactly ten years after the introduction of the central contract system in two thousand. So that you know, you can you can almost say there was there was a there was a ten year process over the five, after five years they won the Ashes and the short term short term gains of two thousand five, which was reward for the stability that central contracts brought in, and you reached the zenith, and since then they've been tailing off. I mean, not always not always going down. They've had their ups and downs, and obviously the white ball focus has come in since, which is which has given uh, even a bit more perspective to the to the wider um, remit of the ECB, so to speak, but. Broadly speaking, if if you were if you were if you're into your bell curves, this is very much a bell curve. It's gone flat from 1999, England bottom of the world, top of the world ten years ago. Now where are we? We're flatlining again, and uh, it brings me back to the, you know the, the the sense of is this is it are we actually reverting to more of a normality here? Is this is this just the natural state of English cricket rather than? Thinking that you know we'd 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 achieve the end of history in in getting to the top of the world and and basically solving Test cricket by by creating our pathway system through the ECB and you know having having endless rookies coming in and scoring centuries on Test debut because they were so well versed in county cricket all the rest of it now suddenly you've got a situation where you know Johnny Bairstow's rocking up at Loughborough at one thirty in the morning after cracking off cracking off from the from the hundred down in Cardiff to go and do his first Red Bull net in two months to get ready for a test match in which he's going to be uh, trying not to get his sixth duck in seven innings against India or whatever his record was going into the series I mean it's it's not it's not been a pretty scenario for these batsmen and it's always, always the same batsman as well which it, it, you know David Milan wonderful to see him looking promising but he looked promising in 2018. Uh, James Vince, he's still in the frame. He looked promising in 2018. I think he got 17 in his last test innings, didn't he? And uh, he's probably going to be back in the frame before long. I mean, there's an awful lot of guys who are just in, in this vortex. John, Johnny Bairstow, another of them, and Josh Butler's back in the lineup again. And, you know, they're all, all sort of circling around. There doesn't seem to be any real progression. Hasi Pameed, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's five five years ago. He was he was the golden child. Now suddenly he's back and he's looking promising again. It's been, it's been a decade again, almost a decade, since Joe Root. I mean, he's the last guy who was genuinely promising. Um, there's nobody has come along who's who's who, who really thought, "Yep, this is an absolute shoe." And Ollie Pope, perhaps flattered, um, you know, that century at Port Elizabeth, but no one has quite kicked on in that way since then. And you just wonder, are they out there? I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that English cricket is is, is its natural state. I was brought up in the 1990s with with chaos being a natural state and getting beaten by howling reverse swing was was an order of the day um you know it's just happened again it, it feels like history repeating itself it's quite comforting in some ways to be perfectly honest but um i don't know I, I, am, am i surprised that england aren't very good no i don't think england would be a very good test team for an awfully long time but uh am i 
mildly enthused by Dave Milan and the top order looking more solid than than some. Uh, yeah, but it's it's all, it's all all things are relative. It's not it's not as if we've 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 found um, the, the the absolute elixir here, is it? I was going to. I'm sure George will have something to say on what's gone on with the uh, structure of the game in the in the last ten years. <laughs> I can't so. imagine. Uh, <laughs> looking at the county scores, actually, I mean um, Sam Robson and Mark Stoneman have uh, uh, had a good week. <laughs> might, yep, here we go. I mean, be, you know, it, it might be bring back, bring back Graham Hick and Graham Hick and John Crawley. I mean, that's might, that's, that's, that's why we're talking. It might be their turn again. Um, I mean, George, th- th- there is one un- un- unarguable um, jewel in the crown here. Uh, Joe Root is is having a year. Um, and, uh, I honestly he- thought you were going to say Chris Wokes. <laughs> well, he he was very decent as well. Um, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it was so Chris Wokes. He doesn't get a five for, you know, keep keeps it under the radar. Uh, radar. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, 50. Doesn't want to get a showy hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I almost uh, had him pegged to, to see it through to the uh, uh, to a draw until he chipped one to mid-wicket um, just before tea. But, I, you know, I suppose uh, we all have our uh, uh, our weak spots. Um, yes, Chris Wokes, excellent return. Um, wasn't quite uh, able to um, to lift the team on his own. And Joe Root in this game didn't didn't pass um 50 uh for the first time in in the series but we he has 1455 runs for the calendar year um he can play another what three tests four maybe but uh before the um before 2021 is out um he needs 23 runs to pass his own best for a calendar year. 27 to go past Vaughan, Michael Vaughan's record for England. Um, he's 334 short of Mohammed Yusuf's um, overall record. Uh, do you do you see him getting that far? Are there too many imponderables there, aren't there? I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know that he's going to go to Australia. I, I, I don't know that anyone. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I suspect they will, but I think he's in a tricky position. So he should get four more tests. Yeah. Um, and if he does, can he get basically 350 more runs? Well, yeah, sure he can. He looks brilliant, doesn't he? And um, I guess Australia for him is is the last place he needs to prove himself. Is that is that fair? You know, he's, mm, he's not got a hundred there, is he? That's. Uh... I, I, I wonder, and I'd actually marvel at his ability to uh, continue to lead the side. I, I do think he's the right man for the job at present. Um, but I, and I don't, I'm so impressed by in the last few weeks how he's reacted to every setback, every drop cash, every collapse with a bit of a whimsical smile because that is, that's the only way he can go. There's no point letting it break him. And it must have been so difficult for him to uh, to be without all his the players he was relying on. You know, he's, he, it's, it's worth saying again, Joffa and Ben Stokes, they get in this side every day, yeah? Uh, uh, and and to lose them and to lose Ben Stokes particularly in the way he has, I think it must have been really really difficult for him on a, a on a personal and professional level. So I marvel at his ability to keep going despite the disappointments, and I fear that it'll all come to a grinding halt at the end of the Ashes when he's lost four series in a row and you know two successive Ashes tours and all the rest of it. Uh, and it looks inexorable that at the moment. But, you know, things can change and things can be turned around. But it looks very, very difficult. There were just, as you say, there's just a couple of little signs of promise. The the top three have shown a little bit more 
uh, rigor. Um, Wokes has come back in. Wood can come back in. Th th those are all vaguely promising things. Ollie Pope about Ollie Pope is the example of what Miller was talking about. So when he asks, "Are there any players out there?" Ollie Pope is the one on whom we've all invested so much faith and trust because if he doesn't work, <laughs> and he is this outstanding batter of his generation, I think in English cricket, then the system isn't working at all. You know, because he's averaging what is it seventy odd? He averages in Championship cricket. Sorry. It, it, uh, it's something like that, yeah. In uh, in championship cricket, cricket for Surrey, uh, yeah, it's uh, well, first class cricket for Surrey. I think it is sixty nine. It must be sixty, uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, it's. I mean, his overall first class record is fifty uh, now, and his test record is thirty two. Yeah, I, th I think it's sixty nine for Surrey in first class, but uh, whatever. Though the point being that it's an extraordinary uh, domination he has had at the start of his career, uh, and quite unusual. And if he's not able to translate that to the international game and, and to be fair well, we don't know that he can't but he played very very well in the first inning uh then you really maybe have to go back to the drawing board and and, and everyone knows and we, we've rehearsed these arguments many times so that i don't think there's any point doing it again i'm always going to say <laughs> we need to get the domestic structure right and actually a lot of the england team will look after itself our domestic structure is uh, chaotic um and I think we, it's perfunctory, you know, the, the attention we, we give towards uh, championship cricket. So uh, ultimately that will be the problem. But they, I uh, say so again, they, they care. They do care about England winning test cricket. They care about money, short-term money, just a little bit more. Yes. Um, sadly, there's always that uh, allure to hear the... Do you know how they, they would probably see England winning a test series as a massive massive bonus to, to, to oh, as, aside from the, those bonuses as a result the, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm saying that right. the, next to the money bonuses and it was the, a pun <laughs> was it a pun because it's the same word i don't know <laughs> <laughs> bleakly uh, bleakly humorous yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well another another um bonus so, so far in the summer has been um, Ollie Robinson, and I suppose this sort of brings us on a little bit to selection for the next test. I mean, uh, there has been talk about workloads. Um, Robinson and Anderson have played, uh, well, every test in the series. Uh, Robinson has played, what, six tests, uh, five tests out of six, uh, having uh, missed the second New Zealand test because of his uh, past misdemeanours on Twitter. Um, but he's the leading wicket-taker in this series. He's He's got Kohli three times, he's got Rohit Sharma three times, uh, uh, he's got uh, Rishabh Pant four times. Uh, he, I mean, Miller, he, he has shown himself uh, up to the mark uh, repeatedly, uh, certainly in English conditions as, as, as much as that we've had, you know, some flat ones and some, some seeming ones. Um, and, uh, but, I mean, should England be thinking of rotation for for uh, for, old, for Old Trafford? I mean, is it going to be Anson and, and and Robinson again with with a bit of wood to zhuzh things up? Uh, and and can that can that help pull it out of the fire for root and level the series? Well, I mean, okay, yes, they should be thinking of rotation if they are true to their their pre series declarations that they've got to manage workloads and they've got to think to the ashes because the ashes, frankly, is the most important <laughs> thing, as Chris Silverwood said. Um, so, yes. But actually, given what we've seen, given that England have won one test in the home summer and they're on the verge of losing both series in a home summer for the first time since 1986, 
Um, I don't think they're in a position to rotate, frankly. I think they, they need to throw their best side possible at this match and get a result. Because they've got to get they've got to get a two two, just like they got a two two against the Australians in in twenty nineteen to save face and to and to not lose on home soil yet again. Because the, the, it, it's 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 all very well having this 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 brave new outlook and saying yeah we're going to find fast bowlers to take to Australia and rule the world. If you forget to look after your 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 bread and butter on home soil, you're gonna you're gonna fail to rule anything. You're gonna fail to rule your home crowds. They're gonna get bored. They're gonna think more. Well, England don't care about the. The, this this fair why should we um England ought to front up and put out their best side so um no I don't think they're in a position to I think they've got to, they've got to roll the dice go to the red one one more time if Jimmy says he's fit and his his limbs are going to hold up then he plays if Robinson is fit and and and, and firing he's in too good a form not to play I mean I don't think they've got a choice I'd like to see Wood I've said already I'd like to have seen Matt Parkinson just because if you're not going to play a, a leggy a Lancashire leggy at Old Trafford in in September. Uh, when are you? Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, two spinners might be nice. But um, but to go back to your original point about Robinson, I mean, yeah, fantastic. What what a what a series he's had. But <laughs> I mean, of all the things that England wants to find uh, this summer, you know, they want to find they want to find Jofra proving himself as a Test cricketer. They want to find Mark Wood capable of bowling back to back tests and. Cranking it up to ninety six miles an hour and rattling skulls. They wanted Ollie Stone to come through and be the next cab of the rank. They wanted to go go gung ho into the ashes with four horsemen of the apocalypse and Ben Stokes as the fifth bowler and you know spinners if they need them. But frankly, who needs them when they can fling fire at front centre? And instead, they've got Ollie Robinson. I mean, which is magnificent. He is magnificent. But and Craig say, Overton and Craig Overton, <laughs> well, who's not so magnificent. But Ollie Robinson is you know is basically. It's basically Angus Fraser for for the next generation, and I'm not going to apologise for him being Angus Fraser because Angus Fraser is the greatest <laughs> English seam bowler of all time. But what? that is not that is not what England were looking for even at the Angus start of the summer. Mum wouldn't say that. Angus Fraser's mum doesn't love Angus Fraser as much as Miller does. Angus Fraser is a terrific bowler. You're absolutely right, and, and it's, but, a good, know, it's a good comparison. And it always makes me think that this could have been Toby Rowland Jones. Out of interest. Yep. Uh, the, the, Agreed. The, you know, o- o- Ollie Robinson, I mean, is, is quite similar to him. And, and that's, a, that's our story. Um, and maybe a reminder, though, that we need to look after him. Yeah. Mm, that's probably true. But just to, just to extend the analogy one, one, one step further, I remember reading an interview with Fraser in what's it been, 1991. So he actually was injured at the time, but uh, England know how severely. And it was ahead of the, the 1991 series. And he was talking about how his lessons on really, really flat decks at, the, at Lords had taught him to bowl properly. So it's all very well being being pigeonholed as as a as an English conditioned seamer, but actually playing at Lords in 1990 in particular, that summer when they changed the ball and Gooch got three 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 and and it was hell for leather literally for for all seamers. Fraser was was forced to bowl properly, forced to bowl line and length with a bit of nip and a bit of bit of bit of subtlety and all the other things that that frankly Robinson has brought to his game. Robinson has has got subtlety to, to what is Fraser, essentially. They, hmm? they did break Fraser. Uh, original, they did. Original Fraser is hitting hard. He's hitting the pitch hard. He's hitting the bat hard. Fraser, after the hip injuries, is a really good bowler, but he's not the same bowler. And that's I agree. the worry. So, so, I completely so, so agree. Got to be, I, and listen, I, 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 it kind of reminds me of, it might, might remind you guys too, um, last minute university days. <laughs> You know, you start with big dreams and you're desperately trying to squeeze in a 2-2 at the end. 
Oh, yeah. That's, uh, 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 I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, so, so you've just got to be a little bit careful because the last thing you want to do is then be without Ollie Robinson as well for the Ashes or mm. Jimmy Anderson. Uh, and actually, um, you know, you have to acknowledge the Jimmy Anderson uh, second inning stats as well. So there's a lot to take in and it's very hard to make any of those decisions, you know, as we're talking now without all the data that they have in front of them and, and knowing exactly how the bowlers feel. But I would say that they didn't work as a trio. I mean, a, a mm. Hard though they tried, you know, faultless though they were. It didn't really work as a trio in the second innings because they all looked knackered. And actually, we haven't mentioned it, but Craig Overton had a, a disappointing game, both with bat and ball. You know, his job, like Moen's actually, is to bowl the, the grunt overs. He, if he was going to have a role in Australia, it was to bowl 25, 30 overs a day, go for 50 runs and allow the others to operate, you know, allow Mark Wood to operate in short spells. He couldn't do that. Uh, Root couldn't rely on him to do that because he kept on bowling long hops. Uh, look, he's better than that. He had a good game the test before. I guess you accept that people will have um, the odd bad game, particularly when they're nervous and a lot to prove. But it was slightly ironic that uh, he goes into the next game being a little bit less jaded than the others because he wasn't deemed good enough to bowl. I mean, that's slightly ironic, isn't it? And then, of course, you know, Saqib, no doubt, would have been in the shake-up but isn't because he's injured. Um, I don't know. We have... We have UCB have departments, uh, you know, to be looking at these things and what have they achieved? Yeah, um, this might be a quick one to answer, Miller, but do, do high release points trump uh, express pace, as I think was briefly floated between <laughs> between the Headingley uh, uh, and uh, oval tests? Um, uh, high, well, high release points with a, with a good strong wrist, absolutely. It's a <laughs> little bit of nibble, that's all you need, that's all Jaspreet Bumrah needed, you know, a little bit of nibble. You know, doesn't need to hoop massively. He just needs a hoop enough to beat the bat. He was quicker though. He, yeah. You know, he, he is true. a bit quicker than anything England have, and that that's a factor as well. Look, high release points are brilliant. They they are. They, that, that's fantastic. But um, you know, Malinga showed. I mean, he'd be the classic <laughs> yeah. example of someone who showed there's always another way, and originality and difference is also valuable. So you can't mm. have hard and fast rules of these things. But I saw the logic. The thing with Overton is if you got a bowler like that in your side, he has to be able to bowl dry. And he didn't. Now, it was maybe it was a one-off, maybe he was nervous. Uh, but he might have one more opportunity to prove himself. But he is there to get tough runs and bowl the tough overs. And actually, he gave his wicket away when he had an opportunity as night watchman. And he didn't do his job. But, but you know, he had previously had a very good test. So let's cut him yeah. a wee bit of slack. Dro- dropped a couple in the slips as well, didn't he? Which, I mean, he, he's he's almost the slip specialist selection uh, that they've uh, they've got in there, isn't he? But uh, uh, given where he fields for Somerset, but a uh, um, couple went down there. Um, so just on, on that selection, at least uh, selection issues for, uh, for Old Trafford. I mean, George, you've uh, mentioned the possibility of playing Leach as well. I mean, it sounds like Overton might miss the cut. Would Let's see how fit they are. I mean, I just don't know. I'm not there. I'm yeah, yeah, there sure. I've watched training. But, but uh, then, I mean, then the knock-on effect is kind of up the order. And, and Butler, we know, is going to take the gloves. Yeah. Uh, Bearstow... Uh, well, trouble, you've, you, you've touched on his on his uh, mediocre returns. This was his comeback year. He, you know, he back in the side in somewhat unexpectedly in Sri Lanka. He did okay. 
he's sort of done okay at various points, but he averages 25.07 uh, with 150 uh, in 2021. So we're sort of back in that vortex of, of Johnny Bairstow. Um, not is, that, being, is that okay? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not being uh, outperformed by loads of batters. Uh, um, but Pope obviously made eighty-one um, at the Oval. That's a that's a better score than Bairstow has made for yeah about three or four years. So um, he's he's the man at risk. And 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 if they look to Bailey Leach and, and Moeen, does then Moeen have to sort of bat further up? Uh, I mean, Wokes you'd think will will keep his place um, again, depending on how he pulls up. Um, he's not played a lot of first-class cricket in, in this year, uh, this summer as well. So, I mean, question marks on on how trading goes today and tomorrow. But um, decisions, decisions uh, as ever. Well, they probably won't bat as deep as they did. I just want to, you know, this idea that um, Johnny did okay in Sri Lanka. He scored 47, 35, not out, 28, and 29. I mean, mm. 28, 29. It was, uh, okay, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Since then, he's. Um, He's reached, he's gone over 37 once, yeah. I mean, he, he keeps on getting in and getting out, and it's quite consistent that you're going back to mm. November 2018, actually, since he scored 100. It's, it's, is it okay? I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it's the point that Miller made a little while ago that um, if county cricket is not producing people who are knocking hard at the door there, mm. that's a worry because his, his returns are very modest. And I absolutely have sympathy with Johnny Best. So I think he was uh, managed extremely poorly. Uh, and he has been, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe he was a slightly fragile personality in some ways anyway, but that, that was ex- um, what exacerbated by um, the way that he was treated. And he was absolutely going along fine as a number seven who kept wicket, wasn't it, or whatever he was. So yeah. uh, I think we'll look back and think that was the turning point of his career, but he has had quite a lot of opportunities now. Now, I'm not saying that I would actually, I wouldn't bring back Butler for this game. If folks wasn't available, I'd probably stick with Bairstow. But, you know, because I wouldn't be playing Butler as a test cricketer. But uh, as soon as the option would appear to be Pope or Best, so I think you've got to go for the future. Yeah, and Pope did get 81 in the last test as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah I th- that, is it the end of the line for Johnny? Who knows? Who knows? Talk, talking of, talking of the future, I mean, I mean, I've obviously been ferreting around 1990s in this in this pod but I mean I was I was looking at the stats the other day and John Johnny Bairstow is, is starting to look like Graham Hick in, in terms of stats he's averaging what 33 with 600s from 78 appearances I think um I don't have the stats to hand for Hick off the top of, top of my head but he, oh, he was right. right he averaged up. he he's 600s from 31 in about 65 appearances I think so he's already played more tests than Hick got the same number of hundreds his average is going in the same direction and you know there was Hick was 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 the was the great near miss of of a generation. I mean, Johnny is in danger of being the same. Admittedly, he was keeper for a lot of that, which which does mitigate to a degree. But he's also yo-yoing in and out of the side, in and out of roles, in very much the same way. But he's also too good to fail in the same way that Hick was. I mean, and let's not forget, Johnny Bairstow is probably the best whiteboard cricketer in England's history. And so, um, you know, you've got to mitigate that the fact that he has changed his game to win England the World Cup, essentially. He was challenged to to fight his way into that side and he took up the challenge and some and he's run with it and he's magnificent. It has left flaws in other parts of his game that do require him to be bold for a duck on every other innings. Um, but, I mean, would you swap it for what he achieved in 2019? I'm not sure you would, frankly. Um, do you need to, one. though? Other players, other countries, they manage, don't they? 
other countries, I guess, play first class cricket between uh, between test appearances. I mean, you know, that's a, it, it, it's. I, I have great sympathy for Johnny. I I, I, so I agree I. with you. I would have, I would have let him keep the gloves. I mean, frankly, he clearly loved having the gloves. He had them ripped away from him. He was, you know, he got chastised by 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 Ed Smith um, when he got dropped off the ashes and told him, "I'm never going to pick you again until you've changed your ways, naughty boy." And then suddenly he gets drafted back in an emergency uh, in South Africa a couple of months later, and then out in his ear after another poor performance. I mean, it's what what are you meant to do? Are the, are you are you in or are you out? Are you a keeper? Or are you not? Are you number you're three right. or are you number you're seven? Right. Are you uh, anything? The Hick comparison is really is is quite wise actually. I think that in the same way that Hick was unsettled, uh, mm. both by the in, sudden increase uh, in standard and also by the fact that he was what was he dropped and recalled eleven times or something? Exactly. Uh, so exactly him, that. it is amazing that him and Ramprakash uh, both had you know modest Test careers uh, with the ability they had because they they should have had they should have both been averaging well into the 40s shouldn't they with the ability they had and we, and we mismanaged them and i think that we'll look back on johnny and say the same thing but we are where we are and you either invest in him hugely at this stage which it doesn't seem they're going to do or you move on but i mean just just imagine for a moment if johnny bairstow had been the incumbent in 2010 say you know matt Pryor, absolutely magnificent as the as the counter-punching number seven and, and perfectly serviceable wicketkeeper that, that took England to the top of the world, makes a century on Test debut, does everything right, does all the, does all the sergeant major stuff. He's the he's a he's a vital pivot in a in a world-beating side. Would Johnny Bairstow have have added more to that side than, than Matt Pryor? Would he've added less? I certainly don't think he would have added less. I think you know give give him an opportunity in in a in a position that that in which he's trusted and and allowed to settle into a role in a side that's winning and settled and has opportunities to practice, um, he could be. He, he would have been a world-beater, I'm well, sure. Well, he might. Look, at that stage, he wasn't a very good keeper and Pryor had become one. So, you, well, no, I'm not, I'm, not talk, I'm not talking about like for like. I'm saying that, okay. you know, if Johnny Bairstow was 10 years older and he'd been there to compete at the same stage oh, of his see. career that Pryor was. Well, he did, it, I mean, I, he did I, take I over from Pryor, didn't he? Or, um, and and he that did. was... Um, you know, one of the frustrating things about this game was that when he was when they moved on from him as keeper, Johnny, I mean, he had become Matt Pryor. He was keeping well. You know, he'd gone mm. through the same process from being a, uh, you know, um, very chancy to being uh, really quite uh, dependable. And of course, now he's gone back because he hasn't been doing it regularly. To, to you know, he, he really struggled with the gloves, uh, and he looked like he looked when he first started. I mean, what a mess they've made of that. What a mess they've made of that. To have some, you know, to invest in someone for ages, go through all the drops that he, he went through. So it becomes a really sound keeper and then change it around by, by saying, uh, basically to accommodate Joss. It's amazing what has been done to accommodate Joss Butler and he doesn't even seem to particularly enjoy it. So I, I, I would just say Joss Butler, be the great white ball player you are. It's not, it's not dropping him. It's just saying, you know, the demands on these guys are far too big anyway. We, we all sort of accept that. Just be a white ball player. Be the great white ball player you can be. And don't worry about test cricket anymore. That, that, that would seem to me to be a sensible decision, even a kind decision. Well, uh, we, the, um, the Johnny Bairstow, Joss Butler uh, debate is probably a full pod in itself. Um, like the selectors, I'm going to park Bairstow again for now. Uh, but uh, a, a, a quick word or two on, on India ahead of, uh, ahead of this final game. And obviously they are in the box seat. They're 2-1 up. They 
have not won in England since 2007. Um, not sure they've ever won three tests in a in a series in England, actually. But uh, uh, you know, they are they're on the verge of something historic here. Um, uh, Miller, they they've got some issues uh, of their own. I mean, it's a, it's a um, indicative of their strength uh, in depth, really. That that you know, Coley has got uh, well, has got no hundreds. He's uh, averaging sort of thirty. Uh, uh, Ajinkya Rahane is uh, close to being turfed out on his ear. If you listen to some people, um, Chiteshwar Pujara has had to kind of battle his own demons to get a couple of fairly significant scores um, in the series. Um, and there's the whole Ashwin debate. I mean, the, uh, our Ashwin, the number two ranked bowler in Test cricket in the world, hasn't played in the series. Um, could, could he find his way into the side? I mean, George suggested it might, might be a, a bit more spin friendly. Uh, that may may open up a route in for him. Um, and I mean, Rahane being um, the, the batsman under pressure, I suppose, is, is the other key one um, alongside some of the workloads of those seamers, uh, uh, particularly Bumrah. Yeah, I mean, Rahane does look like, a, look like a dead man walking all of a sudden. I think, um, you know... But what a, what a problem to have. I mean, if that, you know, if that's the worst that they've got is, is do they, is it one batsman that they need to need to bin off and, you know, make the side stronger as a consequence, frankly, um, that's not a bad problem to have. And Ashwin, you know, again, being able to win a series overseas without the, the without a bowler of his calibre and still have him to come on board and, and probably reinforce a spin friendly wicket. What a problem to have. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that England had, have had similar problems in recent history. You know, going 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 off on tours of Australia when they've got got stacks of fast bowlers lined up to come in and replace players. You know, remember Stephen Finn being being shunted out, and in, in comes Chris Tremlett and and, and and Tim Bresnan. You know, the, 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 these are these are good problems that England have had in 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 recent past. Uh, they don't have that luxury anymore. So. India are in an extraordinarily strong position in spite of, as you say, a few frailties. Uh, but they're all relative, aren't they? I mean, you know, Pajara has looked frail and yet he's got a mightily important 45 at Lords, a mightily important 90-odd, and, you know, got runs in the second innings most occasions when, when it's really mattered, in spite of looking like a walking wicket at times. Kohli, I mean, his leadership, his his fight, his, his, his sheer, you know, his... Trumpeting to the Barmy Army, everything that he's done has just has just exuded passion and commitment and fight and and never say dieism. So you know he's done what so many great captains have done, and and I use the great use the word great objectively. I don't I don't I don't think he's necessarily been a great tactician, but he's been a great captain in this tour. He has he has led India in in his spirit, in in his image, and in so doing, perhaps has bled some of his runs. Elsewhere, you know, some of the passion has, has has come out in 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 the field rather than with the bat, and you know that that has happened. I remember Michael Vaughan similarly. You know, his his mighty performances in in Australia in twenty in two thousand two three were never really seen again when he when he took over captain. But you can't can't deny he was a huge factor in two thousand five Ashes, for instance. So you know, this happens that you know captains aren't aren't always the the leading from the front with with their strongest suit, but. You can't fault the way that India have gone about their work, and that that phalanx of seamers has been amazing. I mean, you know, Umesh Yadav, a guy who's been around for about ten years, rocks up off the bench, takes a new ball, takes crucial wickets, 
Um, Siraj, this, this perpetual nuisance with his angle back into the stumps. And, and, and again, another guy who's never afraid to give it a bit of bird and a bit of shushing and all the other stuff that just, just gets cranks under the skin. I mean, England, you know, they, they lost their rag at Lords. They tried to, tried to out ego India when, when, when they were being, when, when Anderson got bounced and that came back to bite them really badly. Um, you can argue that England were in command of that match. You could argue that England could have won um, in the first test at Trent Bridge. You can clearly argue that, that, that they were good for their, their series level at Headingley. Um, but you cannot argue that they have been consistently better than India. India have just won the big moments. And whether the big moment is is Shardul Thakur scoring a vital 50 that suddenly makes 190 look like a real achievement, or... Bumrah taking two wickets in 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 a in a searing spell that that probably gets lost in the final analysis if you just look at the scorecard. Um, you can't argue that they have just won those moments. And England have have relied on Joe Root endlessly. They've relied on Jimmy Anderson endlessly. Um, they have been absolutely magnificent, but they can only take the side so far. You know, if if either of them doesn't come up good in any given innings, uh, England broadly speaking, struggling in that innings. And that's not a healthy place to be. And um, India's uh, ensemble cast, um, George, is going to have to extend to the coaches in uh, in Manchester with uh, obviously the, the, the news that Ravi Shastri uh, um, and a couple of others, I think, uh, the, the positive COVID tests um, kept them away from the ground on the last couple of days at the Oval. I think they now have to isolate. Uh, I mean, none of that's uh, helping Virat Kohli get the job done here, but um, you sense that it won't uh, um, affect their effectiveness. You do. You, you, you sense that the virus spread through the camp like a tracer bullet. <laughs> um, in terms of Pajara, Very I good. think he scored more runs than everyone in the England side, apart from Joe Root. I mean, imagine being able to have a problem like Pajara. <laughs> England would kill for a Pajara-sized problem. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know what injury are going to do. I, I suspect that it's a two-spinner pitch, but I might be proved wrong. Um, uh, it may, maybe England are desperately trying to change that right now, <laughs> you know, throwing water on it, hoping the grass grows. I don't know. <laughs> but Old Trafford has tended to turn this season, even when they didn't particularly want it to. Uh, so I think there's a fair chance for Ashwin to come in. Personally, I think that they wouldn't much weaken their batting if he came in uh, for Rahani. But um, that might be a step too far. I mean, he's batted at six before, hasn't he, Ashwin? Um, and uh, maybe Mahavishami comes back in. I don't know how, how, how he is uh, faring, but if he were able to, that would be great. I guess there's Ishant as well. I'd, I'd be surprised if he came back. But uh, uh, and maybe at his best, he, you know, he would be um, very problematic for the left-handers. So um, who knows? They, they can freshen things up. They've got it. You know, it would be a surprise. They, they, this is a great opportunity for them. They had a huge opportunity here last time. I think they have again. Uh, it is. It will cement their reputation as a very as, as this is a hugely strong era for India cricket. Obviously, the New Zealand defeat still hurts. Uh, if they had won that as well, you know, they they really would be undisputed kings of Test cricket right now, wouldn't they? But to win in England, to win in Australia. These these are these are very impressive things, and uh, on, on both tours, I'm saying I'm not, even convinced, I'm not even convinced the, the the New Zealand thing hurts. You know, I I, I thought that Coley talked it down. <laughs> yeah, talked he it performed down the mind so trick there. beforehand. He talked it down beforehand. He talked it down afterwards. He's not talked about it since. 
Uh, I think India have pretended it hasn't happened. It's I mean, well, it's, well, maybe that would be the Australian way, certainly. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> I think when we look at the records in the years to come, it will be a bit of a shadow over it, that's all. But they are a terrific... Well, I hope it is, because then, then it will show that the, yeah. the World Test Championship is, is fit for purpose. But exactly right, I do yeah. worry that it, that it, the, the bi- bilateral glory of India, rah, 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 will, will probably overshadow any well, attempt maybe, the ICC but, uh, to, uh, look, to ratify uh, these things. Uh, they haven't won it yet, but I think they will. Uh, because I think <laughs> so do I. And, it, and, and, you know, particularly to win in Australia, to be fair, uh, it's a fantastic effort in the circumstances they did. Uh, for, for various reasons, they've, they've struggled. I, I, I think if they do win this, they'll take such belief in it that the next time they come to England, uh, you know, they're probably... <laughs> I, I thought they were favourites this summer, to be honest, for various reasons. Um, I thought they were favourites last time, in 2018, to be perfectly honest. I was, yeah. I was still baffled how England won that 4-1. Well, there's a couple of things that happened there. One of them was Ben Stokes, wasn't it? Ben, didn't ben Stokes true. pretty much win uh, the Edgbaston Test match mm, for England. Mm. And then yeah, England won a very important toss and Chris Wokes cleaned them out at Lords. So there were a couple of things that happened there that were, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but I wasn't sure that the belief was there. And, um, you know, it's still interesting that uh, Virat has struggled so much this summer so far anyway. Um, but it just shows that they're not reliant on, on one or two players, just as England are. I mean, imagine how England, what England would give for Ashwin. <laughs> imagine we'd have to leave him out. It's incredible. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, good luck yeah. to them. Uh, they, they've worked really hard this and uh they've got one more step to do maybe they'll get nervous well yes it's uh it's you all know, to play for it's all to come toss, one more toss like leads where a psychic but you know you get put in and you're bowled mm-hmm. out for uh, you know you're basically out at lunch on the first day very hard I, to come back from that these things can happen in england <laughs> I, i'm just hoping for the uh as you've touched on the Ashwin, Jadeja, Shardell, a very uh, England total cricket all-rounder heavy um, accent on that. That, that would be, uh, and well, not least because Shami and Bumra are all-rounders uh, as this tour has uh, has shown. <laughs> um, I think that'll do us for today. Um, we've got all that to come. We're into the last knockings of the season and it's the last chance saloon for England at Old Trafford. If they go badly, it surely won't be the last you hear of it. We'll be back for more soon. Until then, my thanks to Miller and George and to you all for tuning in. Please feel free to leave a comment and rate us on your preferred pod provider and keep up to date with all the latest news on espncrickinfo.com.